today on It's Time. And he shall reign forever and ever. And we're going to reign with him. We will reign with him. That's a great news, friends. I hear the calling. It's time. It's time. It's time. Welcome to It's Time. The Daily Bible Teaching Program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, he's going verse by verse through the book of Revelation. So turn there in your Bible as we join Pastor Mike. You know, one of the great things that we have in our faith is we have a great retirement plan. I like that. And you don't have to be old to cash in on it. Tomorrow's not promised to any of us. Let's pray. Father, as we go to your word today, we pray that as we read these words, that it is well with our soul. And Father, that it's not estranged to us. Or Lord, for those that are listening this morning that realize that they are not going to heaven, that God, that you would convict them of their sins and that they would see the great opportunity that is in you to have their sins forgiven and to have this everlasting life, this place that we read about here today. And so, Lord, we thank you for every person in this room, the thousands listening by Uh, by radio and and internet. Lord, thank you for your wonderful hand in our life. And we ask you now to bless these words and may your Holy Spirit come and always remind us, God, when we have those hard days, what awaits for us in heaven forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Revelation chapter 22, the wrap of the book. This is the final curtain that is pulled wide open. Everybody should know this because it's really weird because you get a lot of weird stuff from Hollywood. What's heaven like? Touched by an angel and you have all these other ones. Mick Jagger's song, Hey You, Stay Off of My Cloud. Well, a lot of people have a very strange concept of what heaven is. And the problem is, is that people that oftentimes, when you witness to them, you'll ask them, if you died today, would you go to heaven? And they'll say, well, yes. And then you'll ask them a question, what do you think heaven is? And you will get some of the weirdest answers you have ever heard in your life. Well, I just believe it's it's fields and little rolling hills with daisies on them. And I'm skipping over the, the rocks with my dog that died several years ago. That's what I'm doing. You'll talk to somebody else, and it's all the money I could ever have. Talk to somebody else, well, it's like Las Vegas, and you win every time you pull the handle. People's concept of heaven is pretty weird. And that's why I always encourage people to get God's concept of heaven. And as we've been looking at Revelation, it's not only the wrap of the world, but also what awaits those that believe in him. Chapter 22 today we continue on. And this is what you're going to see someday. You might call this the trailer for the great movie. And so here it is. And he showed me a pure river of water, the river of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and from the the Lamb. Pure 
water. Now, this is good. I, I, I don't know what it is about God, but he likes water. This weird thing that he made by combining hydrogen and oxygen together and you get water. I, whether it's the snow and the six-pointed stars that fall on the mountains. And by the way, in the, this uh, DVD we give away called God of Wonders, it's really good because in that it shows the difference between man-made snow and God-made snow. God-made snow is really cool. Six-pointed stars. Man-made snow that they shoot on the ski resorts when it doesn't snow as much as they like. Looks like little white globs that fall out. Well, the thing is, God likes water. And when we see this, one of the great things we find proceeding from the throne of God is this pure water river. Now, you've got to remember, in light of the pollution of man and all these things, there's no pollution in heaven. Everything is perfect. Verse 2, And in the middle of the street, and on either side of the river, there was a tree of life which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees were for the healing of of the nations, or literally for the therapeutic of the nations. It's, it's going to be a therapeutic thing. We get a lot from this, so let's look at it up close. The middle of the street, either side of the river, there was a tree of life which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding fruit every month. Now, what's amazing to me about this, there are still time markers in heaven. It talks about months in heaven. Now, I don't know what it's counting to or counting from, but the Bible says there's going to be months in heaven and there's going to be year-round fruit on the trees. I like that idea. I know some of you from Southern California, usually you'd have to wait till the uh, December, the winter months, to get the oranges off the tree. Some of you from the Northwest, you know the apples that are... uh, uh, you know, September, thereabouts, when all the apples are ripe. But here it says there's going to be fruit on this every month, and it's going to be for the therapeutic of the nation or the healing of the nations. Now, it's interesting that in heaven, we also don't lose what we were here on this earth in some way. You'll talk to people today and they'll say, well, I, I'm, I'm European, I'm, I'm English and Irish, or I'm, I'm French and German, or whatever the case may be. And notice it still talks about nations there. So it isn't when we get to heaven, we just like all of a sudden just become faceless blobs wandering around with no recollection of who we were or where we came from. You're not going to be any dumber there than you are here. Believe me, you're going to be smarter there. God's going to show you who you are. I think that's really important. The second thing we find here, or the third thing I should say, is healing. The healing. Do you know we need to be healed? Every one of us? Everyone listening today, you need to be healed of something. Now, you might say, well, I don't have a cold coming on, or I don't have any cancer, or whatever. But we need to be healed of something. Here's why. You're a complex being. And I believe that in heaven, we're not going to be any less complex. And here's why. Because God made us the way we are. This is why I believe one of the great things in communion, where the Bible tells us, Peter says, by his stripes we are healed. Quoting an Old Testament verse, when Jesus held up the bread and he broke it, and he said, this is my body which is broken for you, Peter says, it's so we can be healed. What do you need to be healed of here today? Maybe it's your memory. Maybe it is your body. Maybe it's your ability to love or to be loved. 
Maybe it's the way you think. Maybe it's the desires that you have that are contrary to the Spirit of God. You need to be healed. But God knows those things, and because he knows those things, he wants to heal you. He wants to complete you. You know, the one thing about it, you know, I don't know if you ever prayed over your food. I pray you do, especially in restaurants. Uh, uh, but I don't know if you ever had the stomach flu. And I even found myself, you know, saying, God, thank you for this food and, and, and the ability to eat it. You know, we need to be healed of many things in our lives. Well, he tells us here, the healing or the therapeutic, the repair of the peoples, of the nations. Now, verse 3 starts into the no mores. We find them mentioned in, in uh, chapter 21 as well. But notice it says, and there'll be no more curse. Yes, that nasty thing that brings forth those weeds all the time. No more curse ever again. The curse is gone. Now, I don't know a world like that because everything I know about this world has weeds in it. I don't know if you've ever had the wonderful opportunity to find goat head in your tires on your bicycle, but everybody that's ever had a goat head in their flip-flop or in their foot knows what a curse is. They're nasty little things. And I mean, when I picked up a goat head for the first time and I looked at that thing, I go, now that looks like a curse. You ever seen those things? They look like they're from planet Zircon or something. I don't know. They don't look like they're from this world. These things are nasty little things and they break into pieces and they get everywhere. And you'll be walking through. You say, well, I, you don't understand, Mike. I live in town. Yeah, I know. And you'll pick one up someplace and it gets in your carpet and you find it at 2 a.m. on your way to the bathroom. It's an amazing thing to me how these little things you can hardly see can cause so much pain. They're a curse, but the Bible says there'll be no more curse. In fact, there's no more of a lot of things. The Bible says... In uh, verse 21, excuse me, chapter 21, verse 1, there'll be no more sea. In verse uh, 21, 4, it says there'll be no more sorrow. And verse 21, verse 4, it says there'll be no more crying, also no more pain. We just read there'll be no more curse, there'll be no more night, and there'll be no more death. All gone. All the things that have plagued man since the beginning of time are all gone. Thank the Lord. Now again, the good thing about reading this here in chapter 22 when you get to heaven and you see this, this crystal sea and all these things that God's prepared for us, you're not going to be some country bumpkin going, Whoa, what's that? You know what I mean? You're going to go, oh, I remember reading about that. How cool that is. God even transports us even beyond the millennial reign of Christ as we read these things, past the tribulation period, into our eternal home, and this is where it is. And notice it says, there'll be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. Now, this is important. If you like to underline things in your Bible, I strongly suggest underlining his servants shall serve him. The idea of us just being forever by a big pool with a little cool drink in our hands in a reclining chair, I think is something that came out of Hollywood. Because the Bible here clearly says we will be serving the king throughout all of eternity. Now, I can't think of a better thing in a world with no curse to be serving God forever. That, to me, is what I've always done here on this earth. That's what I want to continue to do throughout eternity. 
but without a curse. Imagine that. Your body's not going to get old. You're not going to get wrinkles. You're not going to get tired. There's no more stickers and thorns. There's no more deterioration. As we read last week, the Bible says, Behold, I make all things new. And the understanding in the Greek is that I make all things new and they stay new. I like that. I hate it when I buy something new and it falls apart the next day. Ever had that happen? Shared this last week. The warranty used to tell you just to get you through any manufacturing defects because the thing was going to last like 50 years. Have you ever gone to these antique stores and they got tools in there that are from like the 1870s and you go, wow, it lasted longer than the warranty. Why is that? It was made to last. Now the warranty only tells you how long the product is going to exist. We warranty this product for six months. Run, Forrest, run. That is not going to last very long. Well, here's the point. We're going to serve him forever. Now this, if you're not born again, may not sound good. You know, there's this old ongoing debate. I don't want to offend anybody, but I'll be as honest as I can. The ongoing debate of can you lose your salvation? Eternal security. Well, there's a lot of verses that seem to say that, well, once we're saved, we're in Christ, we're born again, we're a new creature. And there's other verses that warn people about getting your name blotted out of the book of life. We're going we're to talk about that in a minute. And you look at that and you see both sides of it. But, but here's, I think that's a secondary issue. I think the primary issue is this. And, and by the way, we're great in our society of treating symptoms. We're terrible at treating problems. Well, don't drink, don't drink. You, you shouldn't be drinking. Okay, I'll stop drinking. I'll smoke pot instead. Okay. What's the problem? It's why we do what we do. Why do we feel that we need to be altered in order to exist? Now, however you alter yourself, that's what you got to think about. But how do, how do you cope with issues of life? And if the only way you can do it is by being altered, that tells you something's wrong. The problem is not the drinking. The problem is not the getting loaded. The problem is why we are getting stoned, why we are getting drunk. See, that's the problem. God wants us to deal with the problem, not with the symptom. Now, here's the question. Once saved, always said, let's just put that aside for a minute. If you died today, would you be at home in heaven? Well, again, if you think heaven is an everlasting kager in the back of an old pickup truck with your friends and your favorite shotgun looking for something to blow away. Well, you know, yeah, I want to go to heaven. But what if, but what if that individual, you, may say, well, wait a minute, what is heaven really? Heaven is where God is worshipped forever, where he's adored, he's loved. He loves you, we love him, we're his bride. And the Bible says we, and underline it, his servants shall serve him. If you don't want to do that here on this earth, why would you want to do it forever and eternity? This is the point, friends. It's not the other. So the question is, if you died today, would you be at home in heaven? Are you comfortable being about your father's business? Can you truly say, as Jesus taught the disciples, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Can you really say that? 
Can you really say, yeah, I, I want to do what you want me to do, God. I, I know whatever I'm doing is kind of might going to be a waste of time. So you show me, you open and close the doors according to your purpose for my life. I want to be about your business. I want to serve you today. So when I get to heaven, when you get to heaven someday, serving God forever is not going to be a tedious problem, but it's going to be a joyous thing and whatever God wants us to do. Now, I don't think God's going to say, now, I think you need to be a street sweeper and I think you need to uh, tend the garden. I don't know what God's going to have us do. Maybe he's just going to, as the Bible tells us, show us his greatness forever. It says his servants are going to serve him. Maybe God's going to say, hey, I'm looting up the Galactica tonight. We're going to go cruise out and find out what's beyond the farthest most star. Does that sound like a good idea to you? Yeah, okay, I want to do that. Serving God just as sometimes you served your parents, was not a tedious thing, but something you love to do. You know, little kids are really great. They always want to help, if you ever noticed that. Daddy, can I help? Now, they don't know which end of the screwdriver to pick up, but they want to help. They want to be there. They want to be involved in what you're doing, because what you're doing seems to be important. Well, God is the same way. I just want to say, God, I want to be about your business, and I want to do what you want me to do. They, verse 4, shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. By the way, shall see his face. That means a personal relationship with God. We're going to see God face to face, as he really is. And it says, their name shall be on their foreheads. Isn't it interesting that the Antichrist makes an endeavor to put the mark of the beast on a hand or on the forehead of people living on this earth in Revelation chapter 3? It's funny. But God's going to put his name on you forever. You might call it his wedding ring, okay? I like that. And then he says, there'll be no night there. They shall need no lamp or light of the the sun. For the Lord gives them light, and they shall reign with him forever and ever. We're all going to be together in heaven forever. That's why, you know, just don't get too upset over stuff that goes on on this earth. I know we can lose sleep over so many things, and I, I myself, I have to be reminded of this. I don't know how many people seem to get up every morning at 3 o'clock in the morning, but I can almost clock it. I wake up, and I look at the clock, and it's like 3.05, and I'm going, ah. But you start thinking about stuff. You ever notice that? You're laying there in bed, and you just wish you could reach up and go, click, and switch the switch off of the thoughts of the day, the thoughts of in the future, those things. I think we all do that. But the Bible says in him we have our peace. Maybe some of you younger people don't understand what I'm talking about. (laughs) You will. (laughs) Trust me. It says, and he shall reign forever and ever. And we're going to reign with him. We will reign with him. That's a great news, friends. That's what you're going to be doing through heaven. Is being with the Lord. The Bible says throughout all of eternity, He's going to show us his greatness. What's inside the atom? What's beyond the farthest star? I often wonder, you know, one of the things I always wonder, it'd be really cool, and I'm not so sure God won't do this, the what ifs. You ever wondered, well, God, what if I would have married this person instead of that person? Reminds me of a story of two girls down at the front of the altar at the end of a service, both crying. One, because she didn't get to marry Billy Bob. The other one, because she did. And the thing is, is that what if this would have happened in my life instead of this? God, if you hadn't have been guiding my life, 
What would have happened if I would have made this choice and you stopped me and I would have made this choice? I wonder if God's got the tape on that. You know, it's really neat. They're starting to come out with this more and more. I'm on a bunny trail. Enjoy it. Um, but, but, you know, they, they, they're coming up with movies now with different endings. And you can select. This is already, I think, existing in the, in the video game world. But you can select a different ending for the movie. You know, you hit the button and, and the story takes a different turn and ends up this way. And, and then you, have, you push another button and the story takes another turn and ends up this way. And I wonder if God doesn't have that button on our life to someday show us this is what would have happened if you hadn't accepted me as your Savior. Oh my gosh, that, can you think about that? If God hadn't revealed himself to us and we, we, we said, okay, God, I'll, I'll trust you with my life. Whatever you want to do, I'll do. And, and, and we didn't do that. And God shows us the videotape. I'll tell you, you're going to be more in love with Jesus then than even you are <laughs> in the past. Because you're going to see how much God saves us from. There'll be no night there. Isn't that great to know? No more night. Don't have to be scared of the dark ever again. Now I, John, saw and heard these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. And then the angel said to me, see that you do not do that. I'm your fellow servant and of your brethren and of the prophets. And those who keep the words of this book worship God. Isn't it weird that John saw one of his, I don't want to say relatives, but one of, from his tribe, from his people that were in their glorified body, in a restored body, that one in heaven forever. And John was so overwhelmed, he fell down and tried to worship the angel, which by the way, tells me a couple of things. You can have mighty revelations from God. You can know God personally, but if you don't maintain your relationship, God, you will worship things other than Christ. Isn't that weird? You look at all the revelation that John had. He saw Jesus raised from the dead. He knew all these things. And he was willing to worship an angel who was just a glorified brother in, or sister in, in the Lord who had their new body in the heavenly scene. Like I say, I think if all of us could sort of get a glimpse of who we are like that, I think maybe it'd change our, the way we think about ourselves every day. But he's, he's tried to worship him. And notice what the angel said. He said, worship God. Great advice. Don't ever let anything get between your relationship with God. Nothing. Always keep Jesus between you and the enemy. In the book of Jude, when Michael, the angel, was contending with Moses, or contending with Satan over Moses' body, he didn't bring railing accusation against the devil. He said, the Lord rebuke you. Always keep Jesus first. Between you and anything else, never let the devil get in there. Never let anything else get there. Worship God. Some of the greatest advice in the entire Bible is right here in these two words, worship God. And he said to me, don't seal the words of this prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. In other words, these are things that are going on right now in one way or another. And I believe, again, when we go back and we look at the age of the church, we see that active then 
We see it down through the history of ages, and we see those same churches uh, actually floating around today in the Christian world. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.